to the Oneness Program on Oneness FM, and I'm so grateful today to have an opportunity to share this time with a Oneness Blessing giver and a trainer, Matt Lilly, and Matt and I met in India in January of 2010 when we attended a training process there, and Matt, I've seen you again at a trainer conference down in Los Angeles, and I know that you recently have returned from a 28-day process in India. So I'm so grateful to have you. I said you're fresh off the boat, although there wasn't a boat involved that I'm aware of. Uh, welcome, welcome to the Oneness Program. Oh yeah, thank you for having me on. It's a real pleasure to, to, to visit with you again. It's, it's been fun every time we've been together. And yeah, that training, training process in January was, uh, there was what, 235 or 240 people at that, but it seems like we had a blast and it was a it was a great time, and then yes, I am back from the deepening, which was a a, a a beautiful experience. It's always, you know, as you go through your spiritual growth, it's always amazing to see what uh, what you, you. It's just always amazing. I guess I'll say it that way. So, I one of the things I I, I love to do in the beginning of the show is to have you share with our listeners how you found oneness or for most people it's more like how oneness found you so i'd love it if you'd share that um with our listeners what your life was like before oneness kind of how this all unfolded for you matt sure of course yeah i'd be happy to share um because been it's been a very interesting journey i'm sure it is for most people but for me um i had no concept of really spirituality at all, you could say. I believed in God being kind of an abstract thing, but I had no real. Um, I didn't do. I didn't have any spiritual practices. I wasn't uh, a spiritual seeker at all. Um, I was a very, uh, I guess, uh, typical business person. Um, I had uh, started several different businesses and sold some businesses, and everything was pretty much about in my life revolved around business and work and. And there wasn't uh, too much else but that, uh, to be honest with you, for the majority of my life. And then about four or five years ago, I guess 2006, 2007, I actually was sitting uh, where I'm sitting today at my office. And I was looking at the computer screen and this feeling came over me um, of just, uh, it was, I don't, I it's hard to describe. It was a feeling kind of like desperation, but it wasn't that. It was kind of like depression, but it wasn't that. It was just the feeling that every day of my life was going to be exactly like this day. It wasn't that I was in a car accident. You know, so I hear some people are like in these car accidents or, you know, they have a loved one pass or something like that. And so they have kind of this moment of maybe it's time to see what, if there's more to life. For me, it was just the ordinary life that woke me up. It wow. was just, it was just. It was kind of the monotony of the rest of my life is going to be just like this day. <laughs> and that honestly scared me. Scary. Divine yeah. discontent, big time. Yes. Wow. And so I literally sat for about probably four or five hours just flipping through email and looking at stuff online. Hmm. And uh, there was an email that had come across from a person that used to work uh, for me. Um, they'd put me on like a, an email subscription list to a uh, motivational, personal power type 
empowerment uh, workshop. And so I ended up going to this three-day workshop in uh, Long Beach, California, and had kind of a conscious spike, I guess you could say. At the time, I wouldn't have called it that because I had no concept of what consciousness was. And, oh, really? You were really business, business. It's all oh, about yeah. business. I, I, had no, I had no concept of, I mean, I think, I, I'm trying to think, I probably, at that point, I can't remember. I know I think it was after I read the book, like The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle, but I think that was actually after this workshop. Really? So, yeah. So I, so I had no concept of, I, I thought, yeah, I thought people like, uh, it's funny. I look back now and I, and then the way I was then, and I look at the way I am now and I would have, uh, I would have in my mind made fun of the way I am now. <laughs> I love that. That's so you know? great. <laughs> I mean, I would have been like, you know, because my diet's changed and, you know, the way I perceive life has changed. I used to drink quite a bit. I, I was never an alcoholic. I never drank at home, but I made sure I went out a lot. <laughs> so I never, so I always, you know, two or three nights a week, I was out partying and having a good time. And, and this was probably in my mid thirties. Um, and I just, just, you just don't know what you don't know. I guess, so to speak. And so I just got to the point where I was so significant driven um, ah. <laughs> that, there, that there became this huge, what happened that day literally was I started to feel the difference between this mask or this shell or this uh, persona of who I had built, this this character. It was much like a, a, a TV character or something I'd created out of a storybook. I'd created this whole image of Matt Lilly and there and i and then that day i realized that that was not making me happy and i could feel the dis i could feel this void between wow. kind of what you would call your soul mm -hmm. and this uh this projection you know because i love to see my name in the paper you know in the business mm -hmm. the business paper and i loved for people to recognize me and oh i was i, I went, well i started off as a real estate agent and so a lot of times, a lot of advertising and marketing and everything like that. So, love to see my name. And of course, it was all driven by the fact that I was extremely uh, insecure about my self worth and felt unloved. And mm. and it wasn't that I didn't have. I had a great childhood, and I had a family that loved me a lot. Um, my sister and my mother and my father and my nieces. Um, but I couldn't feel it. That was the that was the deal. It wasn't that I wasn't loved. It was I couldn't feel or accept love because I didn't love myself. Yeah. So it all came to a culmination in that day. And so I went to this workshop and I had kind of this conscious spike. And I can remember I came home and a friend of mine picked me up from the airport. And I talked probably nonstop for about, oh, I don't know, four or five hours. And it was the most beautiful insights I'd ever had. I mean, I realized, you know, every, it was like every book I ever read made sense. And, wow. you know, all all these odd things that, had, you know, happened to you in your life started to have meaning and I could see where I, how it led to something, you know, beautiful. And, and so the next day when I woke up, I was literally in the shower and I thought I, I could feel, I could feel that sense of coming down from a high, you know, kind of that, that conscious again. That after workshop down. <laughs> yes, yeah, that, right. After, <laughs> right. The after workshop, I could feel the buzz wearing off. Yeah. And I thought, I thought, I made, it was a strange commitment, but I, that day in the shower, I literally, I don't know if I said it out loud or I said it internally, but I said, I will do whatever it takes mm. to get this day back. If it's only once a year, I will travel, I will learn, I will study, I'll do whatever you ask of me, you know, God, um, 
if you'll just let me have this, I will live the rest of my life just getting this one day a year. And so that started this crazy passion and this journey, um, that commitment. And over the next oh, 14 months, 14 months to a year and a half, something like that, I traveled all over the world and I started to really uh, look at the other aspects of life, which I had just ignored or just didn't think were important and, and ended up in, uh, I went to another workshop put on by the same gentleman and he was actually a oneness blessing giver. And he actually, there was about two or 3,000 people in the room when I received my first blessing. And, and we know who this was. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, of course. Of course, it was Tony Robbins. I was right, because other people on interviews have talked about Tony. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah no, he's, yeah. he's a magnificent teacher and just a very yeah, a very enlightened person himself. And so yeah, I was at his workshop, a six-day workshop, and received the oneness blessing. It was so funny. I was there, and I received the oneness blessing. I think I actually got a hands-on. There was somebody in my row that was a blessing giver, which was very rare at the time. Um, because there wasn't that many in, in the West. Mm -hmm. And so I uh, actually got a hands-on blessing. And I was so analytical and so trapped in my own mind, though, that I didn't experience right anything. I didn't feel anything. Really? <laughs> yeah, but the, bit, but, the, but the really cool part was that he, he's very big about journaling. So he said, I, so you received the blessing, and then for the next 10 minutes, you were supposed to write your experience. And so I wrote probably a page of what had kind of went through my mind, right? And so after the, after, um, after the 10 minutes, we were supposed to share with the person beside us. So I looked over the person beside and they shared, they had a beautiful experience and kind of had been kind of floaty and seen colors and, <laughs> you know, just a nice, you know, spiritual high. And I was like, wow, I didn't get any of that. I Come like, on. <laughs> I, know, I was like, all I got was, and I started, I started reading this thing to them. And I looked up and actually another person was listening at that point. So these two ladies were sitting beside me and they were listening. And when I looked up, their eyes were just really big. <laughs> and it was their jaw hadn't dropped, but it was, and they said, and you don't think you got anything? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, well, no, I didn't get any floaty, you know, I didn't get any images or something. They said, why don't you read that again? And so I reread it. And that time I actually heard what I wrote. And basically it told me the purpose of my life. It, oh my I mean, gosh. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. <laughs> it said uh, why I was in, I'm in the senior care business. I, uh, a developer and we, with a couple partners, we build and develop uh, senior campuses for the elderly that come and live and stay and we take care of them. And it kind of explained why I lived, had some of this stuff in my half or in my life happen and why I had to be in real estate so that I could support these partners that I have because I'm not a healthcare provider, but I so help build the facilities that provide all this healthcare. And so it kind of laid all that out for me. All in the oneness blessing. In yeah, all in the oneness blessing. I, I didn't think I'd received anything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so for the, for the people listening, uh, what you receive in the, actual, you know, in the actual moment that somebody's either giving you an intent blessing or you know, somebody's touching your head has zero to do with what you actually receive. Actually, if, I, if you don't mind me uh, kind of jumping to the deepening a little bit, um, I actually received a, a blessing from Bhagwan when I was in India, a hands-on blessing. Beautiful. And the funny part was, I mean, he kind of laughed when he did it. It was so funny. He, he went to put his hands on my head and he, he, he basically touched like he was had like his fingers, just kind of his fingertips were going to touch. And then I heard him kind of laugh a little bit. And then he just put both his hands just flat on my head. <laughs> and as I'm sitting there getting the blessing, it was probably 10 or 15 seconds. It wasn't, you know, a, a long time. But as he was giving me the blessing, the funny thing was I went, 
wow, I'm just not feeling anything. (laughs) (laughs) And of course I walked out about five minutes later, I had to lay down, but, (laughs) (laughs) but in the actual moment, I felt less energy than I feel from, you know, somebody who just became a blessing giver. So what you what you experience in that moment has nothing to do with what you're actually receiving, yeah. which which is kind of funny. But so anyway, be warned, all you who are listening to our show, because we are going to give you two oneness blessings during this hour. So you've gotten the uh, memo from Matt. Yes, yes, yes exactly, <laughs> exactly. I don't know how many times that people come back, and I know Patricia, you probably get this too. But oh, yeah. you know, they come back a week or two later after a blessing event or after receiving a blessing, and they're like, you know, they didn't feel anything during the time, but then some stuff that happened in their life during the week, and they they don't understand why they're not more upset because they used to be upset at that situation, or Absolutely. why now all of a sudden they're accepting their spouse or they're or they're treating their children a little bit differently and, and their children are treating them a little bit differently and they don't understand why. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's really fun how it works. Um, but so I ended up going to Fiji. I became a blessing giver in Fiji. And at the time it was a seven day process. And uh, I had actually done a detox fast cleansing like the week before. So I was like clean, clean, clean. And then I went right into becoming a blessing giver. So I had some oh. very unique <laughs> I had some unique experiences of like tingling in my head and tingling in my hands and mild headaches and stuff like that. But I knew that stuff was happening. And so it was actually in Fiji. I flew home right after the course, landed in Wichita where I live and uh, went to bed about midnight and woke up about one o'clock just completely drenched in sweat. And for four days I laid in bed and just headaches, night sweats, <laughs> yeah. like I had the flu, but I knew instinct, instinct. Yeah. There was something inside that just knew that this was part of the way to heal because I just spent 35 years every time something came up, just pressing it down, stuffing inside, it inside, stuffing it inside. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And so I was so, uh, I was so far away from from grace or from the divine or from God or however you want to phrase that that. It was just like, okay, you're going to lay here and you're going to experience all this stuff that you've been not experiencing. And, and I just laid there and it was, it was beautiful. I mean, it, I had some beautiful experiences just laying there. That, you know, that doesn't, that's pretty uncommon for people to go through anymore. But uh, uh, it was, it was a, a beautiful experience. So then I ended up going to India a couple months later. And that was the first time I'd been to India for what they called at the time level two. Um, and... Uh, then went for the trainers conference about a year later and then just got back from the deepening. So it's, um, and each time it's a very different, I mean, I guess the oneness, what oneness has done for me is done so many things. It's just amazing. It's almost like more than you can count. And it's so far, uh, my experience of life is so much different than it was before. Even though I'm the same person, even though I have the same job, I drive the same car, I live in the same house. Um, it's not about feeling better. It's about being real with what is yeah. for me. Yeah. That's what's so amazing, you know, in, in these interviews that I'm having an opportunity to share with people is people are, are talking about how they they thought they needed to become something different somehow, right. you know, all and like you were saying, you know, the Matt Lilly who'd created this whole persona um, and 
we're always in this place of needing to become something other than what we are. And yet the oneness blessing allows us to find that place of what is and acceptance and awareness and the beauty and the joy of the what isness of who we are as a divine expression is so much more extraordinarily, incredibly wonderful uh, than whatever we could have imagined the becoming us would have been. Uh, it's just like another world. It's like living in another world. <laughs> Yes, in the it, same body, in the same house, driving the same right. car with the same job. Right, in the same exact world. Right, it's, it's <laughs> such a different, yeah, it's like one day you open your eyes and you're like, wow, I live in a theme park, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, <and> you, you <laughs> because everything is a joy, you know, everything is an experience then, you know, it's not about, uh, you know, coming to work isn't about coming to work to make money so that yeah. someday I can retire. Coming to work, I, I spent, I think, you know, the funny thing is the people I work with here, I, I for the most part, I feel like sometimes a little guilty because I want to just sit and talk to them about stuff. <laughs> you know, and it doesn't matter what it is. We'll talk about the weather. We'll talk about what they're doing over the weekend. And once in a while, we'll throw in some work. So it's uh, it's become fairly, uh, fairly comical. But the, I guess the one thing I'd like to share about, uh, if, you, if you don't mind me sharing a couple, I, I guess, many miracles, I think the one this blessing has, has given me is... I say go for miracles. It, is that all right? Absolutely. Um, when I was seven years old, um, I lived kind of a leave it to beaver life, um, if you remember that show. Oh, yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I lived in kind of Mayberry and, and a small town in Kansas of about 800 people. And I actually lived out in the country. Um, so it was really rural and, and small town life. Um, but my dad uh, um, was a very, he, he was kind of driven like me, but in not financially, more just in work. But he actually was under a lot of stress, and one day he rolled off the bed and hit his head on the dresser, and he and he had what is now called a manic break, where he actually found we found out he was bipolar, and uh, had manic depression or suffered from manic depression, which a lot of a lot of people do, and actually it's more common now than it's ever been. But mm -hmm. um, but he was actually hospitalized in a mental institution for two weeks after that because it was a, literally a mental breakdown, a mental break, and I was seven years old. And I didn't understand, obviously at seven, I had no way to, to cope or any concept. I just knew that my dad uh, was gone and he was in a hospital and, it, and he wasn't, and he wasn't you know, physically sick. Something was wrong with him. And so it, it created some interesting, it kind of set the tone for most of the rest of my life. Because on one hand, you kind of look at your parents, depending on how you were raised. But most of us, if you had a, you know, if, if well, for the most part, you look at your parents kind of like you look at God when you're younger. You kind of perceive them because they take care of you and they take care of your needs. And so they kind of are God to some degree. So sure. when that happened, my God became very real. I mean, I kind of I, I realized that my dad wasn't God because that I, because of what I perceived to be an imperfection. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I loved my dad so much that I literally um, there there something started, there was a seed planted inside me that I needed to help him heal. I needed to, I needed to help my dad be okay. And as a seven-year-old, I mean, that's, it's kind of like you don't want your parents to get divorced type thing, right? Sure. Absolutely. And so at seven years old, I, I subconsciously or consciously began this path of wanting to help people, uh, really, really help my dad, um, mm -hmm. heal. And that was really helped my hand family heal and make it okay for my mother and my sister and myself and my dad. And so um, that 
was always an underlying thing. Like I start, I would start a company and I, and I would always have this underlying thing of making sure that everybody was treated fairly and that hopefully I could educate them and they could make more money and have a better life. But ultimately it always led back to the fact that I just, uh, I was always trying to really help my dad, honestly. Mm. And it got to the point, you know, right, right as this stuff started to happen uh, with oneness and with my growth, he got worse and worse. His manic breaks became closer and closer together and he became hospitalized uh, more and more like at least once a year he'd spend year every year year and a half he'd spend a week to two or three weeks in in some type of mental health facility and and so it just it, it was escalating and it was so funny or not funny but just yeah. ironic ironic that i was going through this process and he was going through his process and of course it's all part of the same process right um and it ended up that he actually got to the point of happened to be hospitalized in a state institution for almost a month. And then I had to fly him to New Jersey to go to kind of a halfway house. And that whole experience of spending that time flying him to New Jersey um, was just a real time for me to heal um, because I was so, uh, I, I just became so grateful because I realized at some level that my dad being sick gave meaning to my life and that, and that yeah. the passion uh, that the passion that I had that came from that came from that experience and where I used to see that my father was a burden in my life and that he was you know always in the back of my mind there was a worry that he was going to hurt himself or hurt others that changed to such a such a place of grace and such a place of gratitude that here was a man that that took on you know stuff to try to make it better for his family, make it better for me, but ultimately he would never really have a concept that he had given me such such passion or such joy or such uh, the ability or the want to help other people. I mean, so that all that stemmed from from really that that time when I was seven. But ultimately, I could never um, I I could never quite. It, it was still a struggle, and it came to a point though. I remember he was wanting to come back from New Jersey early. And I was telling him not to come back from New Jersey. And we were on the speakerphone. And I was just adamant. I was like, I was almost, I was almost yelling. I was as stern as I could be without yelling. And he was like, I'm getting on a train and coming home. I'm tired of being here. And, and the funny thing was, I'd, I'd almost yell and get all on the phone. And I'm all stern. And then I would sit back. And, and literally, I, would, I was feeling the inside of me to see if there was any, if I actually had any anger or any upset. And there was nothing. There was no anger. I was still adamant that I wanted him to stay. But ultimately, when he said, no, I'm leaving, I was at peace with it. Wow. There was no, you should stay. Mm -hmm. you know? I was like, okay, well, if that's your choice, then, mm -hmm. then we'll see you when you come home. <laughs> wow. and, and he came home, and it, it, was, it was better. And then one night, he was at my house, and I have a little altar room. I have a meditation room in my home. That, uh, and so we were sitting there on the floor, and... Uh, he asked if we could go in and, and, and pray. And I was like, sure. So we go in, we sit down on the floor in front of this little altar and we're in there and we're just quietly sitting with our eyes closed next to each other, kind of Indian style. And we ended up holding hands and just sitting there praying. And, and something inside me just said, I don't care if he's normal. I don't care if he's not okay. I just want him to feel loved. And so I said, Dad, is it okay if I, I give you a blessing? And he'd been to the blessing a couple times before. And he said, of course. And so I stood up and I, 
And I just, I gave him, I just from the bottom of my heart, I said, just let him feel love, Lord. Just mm. let him feel love. And, and I, that was the only thought. It wasn't, he needs to be different. He needs to change. I need this. I need that. It was not about that anymore. It was just, I want him to feel love. And so it finished that down. And then he asked if he could give me a blessing. I said, of course. And so he stood up and he actually put his hands on me and, and or on my head and, and prayed for me. And then we sat there for a while longer. And we went to bed and I didn't see him for about another month. We don't live in the same city. And so I saw him at a family function, a family reunion. And he said, hey, let's go for a walk. And he was just so calm and peaceful. I said, sure. So we went for a little walk and we walked over to this little grove of trees and we're watching some kids play and some of our relatives. And he said, you know, remember that night in your house when we, when we sat in your meditation room? I said, yeah. He goes, he said, that night something changed. Mm-hmm. I said, I said, really? And he said, that night, he said, I realized that I haven't been happy since I was a kid. He said, I, and I haven't felt any love or any peace or mm. anything. And I was just so floored. I didn't know what to say. I mean, I felt like crying. And, and he was saying it like, isn't it sunny outside? It was a matter of fact. There was no, there was, there was just no, it was just so like it's Tuesday today or it's Wednesday mm. or what, you know, Thursday. It was just, and he said, and he said, and after that night, he said, I realized that I am loved and, and that it's, and he goes, I enjoy life now. And, and then he went on to say, Hey, let's go hit some golf balls. I mean, and, so, and I was sitting there, I mean, I've got tears welling up in my eyes and my heart's just expanding. But that was to me, the, the biggest wow. miracle of all was fact that it was for him Mm -hmm. it was so matter of fact that Mm -hmm. for the last 55 60 years he was not happy and then after that night it was okay and and that and that he was enjoying life again and he didn't feel like he needed to change i guess change himself to some degree or it felt accepted and and ever since ever since then every time i talk to him on the phone i just love talking to him we don't really talk necessarily about anything in particular but i always feel so much so much joy and so much love and so much honor and compassion and gratitude. And it's just amazing what it's done for our relationship. So what a beautiful, beautiful story to share. I mean, I just feel very, very moved as you share this story, Matt, you know, and one of the things that, you know, I'm just reminded as, as um, a oneness trainer and teacher and one of the things that they have shared with us and your story demonstrates this is this that when we create these healings inside ourselves um, and when we heal through the power of grace through the Mm -hmm. power of the oneness blessing when we heal those relationships that they heal not only in the moment but they heal back through the past they heal all those ancestors who have come before us and they heal the children that we have yet to have in our grandchildren and oh no i just so as you were telling that story i just you know i could feel it as you were explaining about giving your father this blessing and then that your father would give you the blessing i just feel that incredible healing Mm -hmm. um that that has gone through your family and then collectively that happens for all of us yeah uh, so thank you so much for sharing that and I, this feels like a beautiful opportunity 
to offer the oneness blessing to all of our listeners yes. and to frame it in that um, in that way that we have this opportunity to really heal whatever uh, is is necessary in our own lives and our own families and so I'm going to invite you as listeners perhaps this may be the first time you're tuning in to the oneness program and what a blessing to have uh, this opportunity to listen to Matt share his story but if you are receiving the blessing for the first time it, it doesn't really matter whether you're sitting down or whether you're walk, taking a walk and listening on your iPod or driving in the car because the blessing will find you the grace will find you in its own unique and powerful way and if you do have the opportunity to sit and to gently close your eyes, uh, I invite you to do that. And now I invite you, Matt, if you would lead us in a blessing, and I'll share and, and offer this grace through the power of the divine with you. Sure, of course. That would be, uh, I, yes, that would be beautiful. Um, and so for this blessing, let's just, let's since we've, I've talked about family, let's just at this point take, I guess, set the intention that with our mothers and fathers and, and our immediate family that we just accept them for who they are. And, and not feel the need to, to uh, have them be anything that they're not, because that allows us to be who we are. So I guess just if you can, hold the intention, or as, you're, as, you're, as we're going to sit here, um, just at least bring your mother and your father into your mind and just be with them. Uh, no matter what pains, no matter what hurts, no matter uh, what, what has happened in the past or what's happening now, just be with them in in. I guess in this space, and allow allow a little of this maybe to hopefully heal some of those hurts or pains, or if there's not a lot of hurts or pains, allow the love to blossom even more in those relationships. So, uh, typically, I think we just uh, take that intention, and then we'll just sit in silence for a while. Is that accurate, Patricia? Beautiful. Beautiful. Okay, let's just do that. So, if if you can, it'd be great if you could shut your eyes. If you're listening to this, if you could shut your eyes and just either sit in a peaceful space or just just close your eyes take a couple deep breaths and just breathe nice and slow and then we'll we'll uh, begin the blessing and the grace of the oneness blessing and for all the divine blessed beings that surround us and support us by whatever name we know the divine and again you're listening to the oneness program on oneness fm this is patricia keel and i'm here with matt lily and we're so graced to have you share with us today matt 
think we're going to just take a moment, take a break here for a moment. We'll be right back. And I'd love to have you share a bit about your experience in the deepening process in India. Of course, I'd love to. So welcome back, everyone. This is Patricia Keel, and you're listening to the Oneness Program on Oneness FM. And today I'm here with Matt Lilly from Wichita, who's a Oneness Blessing giver and Oneness trainer. And Matt uh, has been sharing with us in the first half of our show about his experience of finding oneness and a beautiful, um, miraculous healing experience with his dad. And now I'd really, I'm just really waiting to hear about your deepening process, Matt, because I was yeah. there in January, February, and uh-huh. and I know just knowing oneness, it's always different. It's yeah. always changing. So I'd love to have you share about your experience uh, of this past 28 days. Sure, of course. I, I look, and I'll, uh, I'll set it up a little bit from the fact of that I did not want to go to India. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, Resistance I, is futile. Is exactly. And I wasn't planning on going uh, to India for the deepening ever, <laughs> um, just because uh, I thought I was too busy, right? Like everyone else in life. I was like, there's no way I can take off a month from work. People depend on me. Yes. And so I, um, but I definitely wasn't planning on going this soon. Uh, I thought, well, if I go, I'll go, you know, maybe in the winter or something when things are a little slower and but a friend of mine uh, that I think was on your program a couple days ago, Alina Shalev, right. uh, is a good friend of mine, and she's really good at convincing me to do things. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and to her credit, every time I've asked her to come out to help put on a course or help teach or something, she's always been very accommodating and, and come out and done that. So she called me uh, about two weeks before the program, before the deepening, and said, Matt, everyone's going. Everyone's going to India. All, all every, all, meaning all my friends, right, or a lot of my friends. And she said, "You've got to come." I said, "Well, Lena, there's no way. It's two weeks away. I, I haven't planned for it. I've got multiple projects going on. There's no way I'm going to be able to get away." She goes, "You've got to go. Everyone's going. I'm going. Stuart Mooney's going. Michael Ma's going. Patrick Wise is going." She just kept naming people one right after the other. And I said, "I." So I thought about it for about two days. And of course, by the time we got off the phone, there was this almost not guilt, but this thing inside of me was like, darn it. <laughs> Gotta go. Gotta go. <laughs> all these people are going and this is a good, you know, if they're going, that's going to be cool because they're my friends. I love to spend time with them. And so, uh, 
So I called her back two or three days, four days later, and I said, okay. I said, if, if everyone's going, I'll go. And I said, but I said I'm going to book my ticket tomorrow, so you've got to guarantee me that you're going. She goes, oh, yes, I'm going, I'm going. <laughs> well, I don't know if you, you probably – did she talk about this in her story? Well, I know she didn't go. <laughs> yeah, she didn't go. So after I booked my ticket, two days later, now she I will give her credit. She's a very extremely intelligent woman because she waited till after – we have a uh, regular standing Tuesday night blessing event here. She waited till after a Tuesday night blessing event, so she knew I would be in a very good state. <laughs> And she called me and she said, Matt, some stuff has come up. Uh, it's kind of emergency type stuff. I cannot go to India. <laughs> and I just laughed. I just laughed and laughed. And she was like, I am so happy that you're taking this so well. I said, the funny thing is I would have never gone had you not called. <laughs> I said, and, and now that I've booked my ticket there's and I've told everybody I'm going, there's no way I can't go. <laughs> so I ended up going and I think Patrick and I were the only ones <laughs> that I, Patrick was the only one I knew when I went. So all those people she told me about ended up having other stuff going on. So it was kind of funny how the divine works. It's you, definitely you, funny. <laughs> yeah. It guides you to where you need to go. Yeah. So, so the 28 day process for me was, um, it was, it, it's always different. It was probably, uh, one of the hardest things I've done. One just to mm. get, my mind around being gone for 28 days or a month. It was a little over a month. Um, but, you know, it's kind of like, um, do you, what do you want out of life, really? I mean, for me, it's like, what do you want out of life? Do you want to kind of float along and kind of, you know, just maybe figure it out, maybe not this lifetime? Or do you really want to know? Do you really want to experience life? And so, for me, that drive is more, I have more passion for that than, than just floating along. So even when I was there, it was a struggle. I'll be honest with you, Patricia. It was a struggle for me. Um, just it, it, was, it was extremely, for me, an ordinary experience to some degree. But obviously, you're in an extraordinary, you're in an extraordinary environment. Yeah. And so you're there. You're feeling tons of energy. I don't know if you're sensitive to energy or not. I wasn't until you know, this whole, you know, until the last four years, I, I had no concept of what energy was, to be honest with you. Um, other than I thought it was something you turned the light switch on, right? With or something. But, but, uh, but the energy was incredibly high, but what they, what they did was one, it was a silent retreat. So for me, obviously I love to talk. <laughs> I spent 28 days in silence. That was, uh, interesting. Um, but what it really allowed me to do was, experience how the mind functions and how the mind has hooks or has attachments and how it uses these stories or uh, uh, stories to basically perpetuate a sense of self, a sense of separation. What is really self? It's really a sense of separation. You know, if, you, if yeah. there's a self, there's a sense of separation. If there's not a self, then there's a sense of oneness or a sense of connectivity with all. Right. And and so for me, for the first three weeks, and this is really the way that the process is working right now. For the first three weeks, they literally kind of just make you sit with yourself. I mean, make you sit. You're learning a lot. Don't don't get me wrong. And you're going through processes, and it's a very beautiful experience. Um, but for the first three weeks, it was really mostly about you know not escaping. A lot of times when we're doing spiritual work, and I see I see people on the spiritual path, it's not. They're on the spiritual path because they're trying to escape the pain of their past or their current situation. And so they're trying to find a way out 
versus just experiencing what life is giving them. Right. And so, and I'm guilty, you know, I'm as guilty as any of that. Uh, so when I was there, I had three weeks and there was nowhere to go. There was nothing to do. So I literally had to sit with myself and listen to the mind. I mean, listen to it over and over and over and over and over again. And so it becomes so loud and so prevalent that, that uh, I've experienced since I've been back. It's just comical almost because you, until you're really in an environment like that, until you give yourself that gift or allow yourself that space, the mind is always interfering. Yeah. It seems, you know, it's always making up stuff to distract you from actually being present or being in, in the moment or, or actually experiencing what's going on around you. Where I think, you know, 95% of the time, if not 99% of the time, uh, in my life before, I was numb to what was actually happening because I was never present. I was always thinking about the past, worrying about the past, or trying to project some future and change, like you said earlier, trying to change who I was. Yeah. So I was never just was never just there. Mm -hmm. You know? It's like if you know if you rang the doorbell, no one's home. There's the shell, but no one's no one's uh no one's actually there. They're out trying to do something else. So for me, the first three weeks was really just that, was really, and I noticed most of the other participants were experiencing, we shared our experiences, and uh, we're experiencing similar things, and it was about every, like one day you're, you would grasp a concept like how to pray. So I would, one day I remember grasping this concept of how to pray to the divine. I walked outside, I prayed for rain, 30 minutes later it rained, and I thought, I got this. I've got this one. <laughs> I got this one. I know how to pray. Let me think about maybe booking my ticket back to America <laughs> earlier. I'm only only a week and a half in. I, I'm good to go, <laughs> right? And so, uh, and then the next day, sure enough, I prayed a couple times. Nothing happened, and then I just got angry. Right? I was like, "Okay, God, I thought we had a deal. <laughs> I thought we'd come to an agreement that I would pray this way, and that you would deliver, and then I would feel connection, and I would feel trust." And here you're making me not trust you. And I just on and on and on and on. And so every third, every third day, you'd have this divine revelation. And then the next day, you'd feel like that you'd never heard anything at all about spirituality and never knew God at all. <laughs> that's yeah. kind of the way. Uh, that's kind of the way it went. <laughs> and then you'd build back up. And so it was just funny because the mind just kept grasping onto the concepts. And one of the guides there, one of the teachers, basically about three weeks, two two and a half weeks in, he said. He said, by now you've realized that we're teaching you a lot. We're giving you lots and lots of content, but really we're just allowing you to sit with your mind. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you don't sound happy about that, Patricia. <laughs> no. Been there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so then, and then the funny, the next thing he said was, but you don't have to worry. This last week, we're calling the big guns. There's nothing for you to do. He said, you've not actually been doing anything the whole time you're here, but letting us work on you and pray for you. He said, but the last week, uh, it's just really all about the divine, and we're it, we're gonna we're gonna take out the mind, and so really that's what the last week was. The last week was processes and prayers and just divine. You know, so I some people I'm sure have experienced like mystical experiences of maybe going to different planes, or I had not again before any of these processes, but did have some of that experience while I was there and. And literally, it just went from being in the mind to the mind just going almost into a silent state. I mean, or just just so quiet that it was just whenever it talked, you were like, "Oh, okay, that's fine." <laughs> no, thank you just, for sharing. You yeah, can leave now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for sharing. That's nice. That's a that's a beautiful story, <laughs> you know. And so, uh, 
And so that's what it was. It went from being very normal, you know, kind of just listening to the mind to, to the last week, really just having those, having the, that deep sense of connection, having those mystical experiences. And, and, and even in that, though, there was a very normal, normal, and when I say normal, I mean a very grounded, uh, a very grounded state still. And so that's the thing that I've really noticed since I've been back is that it didn't take long for me to reacclimate. I've been in processes before where I come back and, you know, I'm high as a kite. Like when I, that first experience where I had that conscious spike for four right. to six months, for four to six months, I was just huggy feely, um, you know, telling everybody I loved them. And it was, it was, it was beautiful, but I was also not actually, you know, in life. I wasn't really living life still because I was, I'd went from one extreme to another. So I wasn't really balanced or grounded. And it, it and then in this, it was different. I came back and, and you know, uh, Narsima Kumar was the, the teacher and the, and the monk that's, that's, or the teacher that said this. He said, he said, when you go back, your life is going to be exactly as it is now. He said, you're going to have the same friends. You're going to have the same job. You're going to have, you're going to be doing everything exactly the same, same as before you left. You're, the difference will be in how you experience it and your perceptions. And that's really honestly it's it's crazy. I heard him say it, and I knew it to be true when he said it. I mean, I knew from past oneness experiences and going to different processes that that you know he's kind of giving you a preview. But the shocking thing is, one, how normal it is, <laughs> um, and I think there's a big misperception if anybody's you know I don't know the listeners exactly you know what they've experienced or what they haven't, but there's this whole I think misconception about awakening or, or being awakened or the awakening process, and it's for me, I, 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 you know, I, I'm in process. I'll say that, but it's extremely normal. It, it's not like it's a, it's extremely normal, but there's a sense of peace with everything. I got angry the other day. I was in a business meeting. I literally felt myself get angry. I got fired up. I kind of voiced my opinion, but the difference was when I walked out of the meeting, it was over. There was no, you know, there was no hangover. There was no lingering effect. I didn't go home and go, wow, I wonder if I should have said that. And I wonder, <laughs> you know, oh, maybe I need to call them and apologize. No, I did it right in the meeting. After the meeting, I, you know, stood up and hugged the person that I kind of yelled at and gave him a kiss on the cheek. And we, we walked out, we walked out of the meeting, went to lunch and, and that was that, you know, it was, there was no, uh, you know, it was like, Truly, they say it's, you know, you're, you're uh, experiencing life when you experience it much like a child. And, you know, you know, we see that where kids can fight and pull each other's hair and mm -hmm. steal each other's toys. And, and five minutes later, they're arm in arm walking down the street, you know, best friends again. <laughs> no carryover. No carryover. No and carryover. That's, and that's really what I've noticed since being back is that there's not, I would say that there's, I, there's not a lot of carryover. And it's, and it's. It's it's strange to me not to have that carryover. <laughs> I'll be honest. Are you looking for it? Well, the, the weird thing is, once in a while, it's like, huh? It's just a, kind of that huh moment where I'm like, well, I guess yeah. I guess it's I guess I'm just experiencing whatever's there, and it's not that I'm. I, I think a lot of people believe, and and I and I. You know, I've talked to Alina and Stuart Mooney, uh, you know, quite a bit about this, and they've they've told me this all along. It's it's not that you're just happy, floaty, like mm -hmm. a butterfly. I'm in love with everything, and let me go out. And it's it's not that. Right. It, it, 
there is that side of it that, you know, there's the side of connection, definitely. But it's just really about experiencing life. It's not about escaping life. And the beautiful thing is when you're free, and, and you've, you've talked about this earlier in your program, but when you're free to actually experience life, it allows everyone else around you to be free to experience life. That's it. And so there's no more, when there was no more residue for me in that, after that meeting I talked about, there was no more residue for the other person. Mm-mm. That's why we were able just to go you know, sit and have lunch. And normally, I think there would have been residue on both sides. Well, I mean, I've been in arguments with this person before. There would have been some animosity coming out of that meeting. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, there was nothing to be animal. It was, it, I expressed myself, they expressed themselves, and it was over. That's done. it. Yes. Yeah. And so that's been an interesting, that's just been interesting. And the other funny thing was I came home, and it was like, I love the way the divine works. Because I came home, and literally every material thing I owned broke. <laughs> <laughs> my car, my refrigerator, <laughs> my cell phone. Um, uh, my uh, swimming pool, everything broke. <laughs> and I literally, it was just like, okay, thank you. Thank you for <laughs> allowing me to experience <laughs> one, that when you have more stuff, you have more headaches, but two, <laughs> two, that it's just what it is. It is what it is. And there's, you can be upset or not be upset. It doesn't change. I mean, I guess it does change the way you perceive it, but it doesn't change the situation. It doesn't change this. It just changes your interaction with it. Your, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, so it's been, <laughs> yeah, so it's been really funny to really funny to see that. So it was it was um, the the things that they're doing at Oneness University are amazing, and the things that they're doing for humanity are amazing. I don't know, and I told our blessing giver group this the other night. I don't know of any other. You know, it, well, it's kind of like if you want to be the best golfer in the world, you go find the best golf coach. If you want to be the best basketball player, you'd go, you know, try to find the best basketball coach. If you wanted to be the best, I'm not saying to be average. If you wanted to be the best, you'd go find the best teachers of whatever it is you want to study. Mm-hmm. And I don't know any other institution, any other organization that's actually, their their whole thing is to is to awaken humanity, awaken indi- awaken humanity by awakening individuals. Um, and, and when I say awakening, I know that's kind of a broad term, but I think most people understand that uh, now. It's just just awakening to awakening to awakening people to the what is. Right. I don't know, and actually doing, actually accomplishing. There, think, there you go. It's the actual doing it part. Right. People are talking about it. There are a lot of concepts. A lot yeah, of, exactly. A lot of books. I, yeah, there's a lot of books. There's a lot of. Uh, con- you're exactly right. Concepts, but until you're actually experiencing it, it's not your reality. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that think that it's their reality. There's a lot of people that go around believing that because they're nice or because um, they do this or that that they're that they're somehow. Uh, it's kind of like, don't be Buddha if you're not Buddha. Don't, yeah, I don't, love that. Bhagwan says that. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Don't try to be what you're not because it takes you further away from actually being awakened. Yeah, it takes you, yeah. You know, as my mom said, Matt, just, you know, be yourself. And, you know, I didn't realize how, prof- you know, how profound those words were when she said mm-hmm. them. That, Matt, you know, to be happy, you just have to be yourself. And I was like, well, I don't know what that means <laughs> back then. Yeah. But uh, but that's the amazing thing is that, you know, just Alina, you know, Shaleva is a perfect example. I mean, I I think I was the second or third person to give Alina a blessing. And, you know, I kind of, we were friends throughout her process. And to watch her go from the state she was in where she would barely, she was, she wouldn't go to dinner in, in groups because she was so shy and so withdrawn 
to teaching and doing radio interviews with you and, and going on Skype calls and doing all, and yeah. and just from from an awakened state I mean how, how does that happen to normal people I mean that's amazing yeah I mean you know I was talking to Stuart Mooney he actually showed up in India to do the trainers course and he said he said I don't think people have any concept that 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 you know a hundred years ago this would have been unheard of for for there to be any master or any teacher to be on the earth giving awakening to the masses. That's true. It's totally true. And and or any time in history. He said, when is there a time in history where hundreds of thousands of people have are going into these awakened states or in these God realized states? Um, and you can and it and it's authentic. You can tell when you talk to them, when you when you meet with them, when you you know, when you just see them sometimes you can just tell that they're in such beautiful a beautiful state and an authentic state. So it's been a... The oneness movement, the oneness blessing, the grace yeah. of it, it's quite an extraordinary thing. And this is, you know, I'm so grateful to have you on the oneness program today and to be able to get this grace out on the internet in the way that technology is expanding consciousness for us. Uh, so I'd like to have us um, do one more Oneness Blessing. We have a few yeah. more minutes um, before the show's over. So I would just invite you, Matt, if you'd lead us in another Oneness Blessing, and we'll close the show with that. Okay. And I think we'll keep it, we'll just kind of keep it fairly simple. So at this point, I would invite all of the listeners to really think about what they want. And when I say what they want, um, you know, what inside of them needs to be healed or what inside of them wants to know or just get in touch with what is driving them one way or another. What, what's, what's, how do I want to say that? What's, I'm sure, sure what's a good way to phrase it. Maybe the, what's the desire in your heart right now? Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's, that's a perfect, let's, let's, let's address that. The desire in their heart. What's the, desi- what's your desire in your heart? And then let's give a blessing for that, 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 that there's an awareness to that, that that flowers and that there's Beautiful. an awareness to that. And then it, and then it takes you further along your path of, of your life. Beautiful. So, so let's set that, let's set that intention. So again, if you are in a space that you can close your eyes, beautiful. If, if not, then just at least be aware of your breath. Um, if you can maybe breathe in and out of your nose, nice and easily, just at your own pace. Um, and just allow, life to kind of settle down a little bit, relax a little bit, allow life to actually pour into you, allow the energy to pour into you, allow grace to pour into your heart. So let's sit with that and let that be our intention.
we accept this grace. We accept the divine blessing upon us. And we trust and know that any desire that is planted in our hearts comes out of the heart of the one, out of the heart of the divine. And that the divine is all that we need to co-create and to manifest this desire. So we say thank you to all the great ones, the blessed beings. Thank you, Amabakwan. And you're listening to the Oneness Program here on Oneness FM. This is Patricia Keel. And what a blessing, Matt, to spend this time with you. I love what you're talking about, awakening, because it really is, I like to call it, everyday awakening. It's the process of waking up to what is in every moment. And there's those highs and those peak experiences that we may have imagined as being the awakening are really maybe a part of it, but not all of it. Uh, So thank you for sharing your journey and your process with all of us today. Yes, thank you. I certainly appreciate you allowing me to. Every time I share, it gives me more insights and there's a healing that happens for me. And thank you so much for doing this for the community and for people that aren't a part of the community um, that allows them to come to the community. It's amazing what you're doing with this radio program and just your energy and your light and and what you're doing for obviously for your group, but then also you know the, the community as a whole and the world as a whole. It's just amazing. It's people like you that inspire the rest of us to want to do more and want to give back because uh, it's just how can you? I mean, as you know, how can you not want to give back when you start experiencing this? So it's, it's that's just- what it is. I love it. It's so beautiful. Well, thank you. And I'm, you know, I just, I've recently spent time with my partner Roy's dad and just see the grace of what you're doing with elders and creating a community where people can really live and thrive together. That is such a blessed thing. So thank you, Matt. And we'll say goodbye to our listeners. Namaste, everyone. Yes, definitely. Namaste. God bless.